Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer here with you for another episode, a Monday episode of B-Shaped Daily. How is everybody doing out there? Probably not very good, right? Um, there's no sports, and there's not going to be sports for a very, very long time, is the way things are starting to trend. You know, baseball first came out and said they, they were hoping April 9 could be their start date, and then it was like, eh, maybe Memorial Day. And now it looks like it's even going to be later than that if we get a season at all. So things are rapidly degressing, I guess. They're not progressing. They're going the wrong direction. Is digressing a word? I don't know. We, we're in quarantine, right? So a lot of, uh, a lot of things happening with our, our mental capacities right now. And so if I make up words, then that's just going to have to be the way that it is. But today I have an exciting episode on deck for you all. At least I think it's exciting. The Battlehawks kicker, Taylor Rossellino of the St. Louis Battlehawks, joined me earlier this afternoon for a conversation as, you know, the league is in the same place as everybody else right now, NBA, MLB, NHL, all of those leagues have had to go on pause, but the Battlehawks, in their uh, quest for an XFL championship, were derailed by the fact that the XFL season was almost over anyway, and so it has been not postponed, but canceled. There will be no more XFL in the year 2020. And they're in a little bit of a unique position as a league because they're a league that a lot of people assume might not actually come back after this hiatus based on the fact that they don't have quite the track record of the other leagues that are on pause right now. And so I wanted to talk with Taylor Rosalino, get a little bit of inside perspective from one of your own, very own St. Louis Battlehawks. And it was a kicker that, uh, you know, did pretty well for the Battlehawks this year, actually. I believe he was 9 of 10 on field goals and had a 58-yarder that he converted, which actually stands as the XFL record. And so I asked him about that and so much more in the conversation that we had. And stick around for toward the end of the interview when he really starts to to talk about what St. Louis meant to him and his teammates as the Battlehawks, just the way they embraced, you know, the city just embraced this team kind of out of nowhere and it took a lot of people by surprise in a really positive way. And so Taylor had a lot of really good thoughts on that as well. So definitely recommend listening to this interview. Did have a little bit of technical glitches with Taylor, but I think we got most of it sorted out. Hopefully you're able to hear uh, the intent of this conversation and, and have the opportunity to enjoy it. I'm going to play it for you right after this in the middle of this episode. Going to do a quick hit for Anchor, and then we'll be right into the interview with St. Louis Battlehawks kicker Taylor Rossellino. All right, I'm really excited to have with me on the show for the first time your kicker for the St. Louis Battle Hawks. His name is Taylor Russellino. Taylor, how you doing today? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Hanging in there and taking it one day at a time. Yeah, that's kind of all of us right now in the sports world and in the world in general as we're all dealing with this coronavirus situation. Obviously, that has put a pause to the rest of the XFL season. We'll get into that in just a minute here, but I wanted to ask you what it was like a few weeks ago. You kicked the record XFL field goal of 58 yards against the New York Guardians. What was that experience like for you, banging that one home? Uh, you know, that's a kick I'll never forget. It was, you know, one of the greatest moments of my entire life, especially in, the, in my sports life. But it was incredible, you know, having the having the confidence from my staff to give me the ability to go out there and even attempt such a kick. Um, was was amazing and you know having the guys that I have on my team that you know everything from the offensive line to the hold and to the great snap I mean all that all that is really what makes this possible but you know just you know just having that trust and in, in my swing and my ability and, and then getting that confidence from the staff was was really what, what uh, 
you know, made a kick like that possible. And then just going out there and executing was, was something I, I had confidence in. I was just waiting for that opportunity. And I was, I was ecstatic to see it really come to fruition and, and see that ball go to the uprights. It was, it was absolutely incredible from, uh, you know, from my perspective. So it was one I'll never forget. That's for sure. That's fantastic. And, you know, I remember seeing you on Twitter a couple of years ago, sharing your videos, you'd post them to YouTube and you're out there kicking like 60 yard bombs. What's the difference though, between doing that on the practice field and being able to get it done like that in a game? I mean, honestly, just, I mean, just reps, just, you know, through training camp, through mini camp, you know, my, uh, my coach and staff would test me long range just to kind of see you know, just to kind of see where the where the distance was, you know, in, in training camp, I was hitting from 58 yards. I hit a few from 60. So, you know, I I showed them I had the ability and just to gain that, you know, to gain that trust in the game atmosphere is, is incredible. But as far as the difference goes, I mean, from being on the practice field to that, I mean, that's what gave me the confidence of being able to execute a kick like that in a game is because I've done it so many times in practice. And, and, and to me, I mean, I, you know, my whole thing going into a game is, hey, man, this is just another day of practice. This is another day at, you know, whatever field I train at. You know, this is just another day out there. You know, same ball, same uprights, same distance. Nothing's changed. Yeah, there's some fans behind me. But, you know, the, the pressure doesn't really get to me much at, at this point anymore. You know, I kind of go out there. I'm so zoned in and focused. And, and you know, I just trust it. So, to me, you know, just, I mean, it was another day of practice out there. I've, I've done that <laughs> millions of times, and, and it was just, it was glad to see it happen in a game finally. It was awesome. Yeah, man, that's awesome to hear. And so just out of curiosity, when you're putting together those YouTube videos, obviously trying to attract attention to yourself, allow people to say, hey, this guy's pretty good. We should give him a shot. What's the longest kick you've ever been able to convert when you're putting those videos together? Um, my longest ever has been a 70. And, and Holy I've smokes. A, I've, I've hit it a couple times, and obviously that's wind at my back. And, yeah. you know, that's hit my best ball. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, any given day I kick two or three times a week, and a, any given day on those sessions, you know, I, I typically hit from 60, you know, give or take a few. So, I mean, the days where I go back to 65 or 70 is when it's really, you know, things are working in my favor, and, and I'm hitting the ball well. and. But it's crazy when you get back there, those uprights sure look far away. So you just got to keep that same <laughs> swing and, and, and trust it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you converted from a soccer player in your younger days. How did that all come into being when you first started to try to kick a football instead of a soccer ball? Uh, yeah, I mean, the whole objective of, of putting the ball under the crossbar to now over the crossbar was a, was definitely a transition I had to make. And, you know, it was, it was cool from where I was at that point, you know, I was at a high school that had a great football program, great football coach, great soccer coach, and getting the ability to learn from them was awesome. I mean, you know, at first I didn't even know what, what the proper steps were. I was just kind of back there just, you know, hitting the crap out the ball and seeing where it went. And, uh, you know, but I had a great support system and then I ended up, you know, working with a couple of coaches and then, you know, it really started to, uh, you know, to, to hone in my skills of place kicking and then, uh, you know, uh, I mean, honestly, I fell in love with it. I mean, I fell in love with going out on the field and, and just, you know, you know, focusing on my craft and, and really seeing how consistent I could be and, and just taking it one day at a time and seeing where, the, uh, you know, seeing what the future had in store for me. And, of course, then you spent a little bit of time in the Canadian Football League before uh, your most recent opportunity in the F XFL. Describe for me how that came into being with you signing with the Battlehawks for this season. Yeah, so in 2017, I, uh, you know, I spent some of the back half of the season with the Montreal Alouettes, and uh, you know, and, and it was funny because when I was in Montreal, you know, I punted I think 20 times in two games, 
and I'm not even really a punter. You know, I'm obviously more so a place kicker, but I, I did get the job done. And then, you know, within this past season, um, I was in training camp with the BC Lions and then unfortunately was released at the end of training camp in regards to, you know, some of my inconsistencies of punting. Because in the Canadian League, you know, as an American, they want you to go up there and, and they want you to be able to do all three at a high level, um, which I was able to do. But, you know, kind of had to work on the consistency with punting. But as that wasn't my main focus, you know, it kind of was an adjustment. But, you know, that just, you know, all those experiences right there kind of put me on the map as far as, you know, professional football at any level. And with scouts seeing some of that film and along with some of the practice film and the combines, you know, it kind of, it led me to an opportunity and, you know, and that's kind of how I ended up in St. Louis. And it was, I mean, I was extremely thankful for, you know, for finally seeing some of that come, come to life and seeing some of the benefits from it. So just another chapter in the journey for me. You talk about your desires to make it to the NFL someday. What was it like for you to have a teammate like Marquette King, the punter for the Battlehawks, a guy that you spent time with in that special teams group on that punting unit, and he's a guy with obviously a wealth of experience as an NFL player. So what were you able to learn from him in the time that you two spent together? I mean, those are some moments I'll I'll never forget. I mean, Mark, Marquette is an incredible, incredible, not only punter, but, you know, he's a great human being. He's a great person. He's a great, you know, he taught me a lot just about how to manage, whether it was kick load or, or workout load or, you know, leading up to the game, day before the game, just just to kind of see some of his routine and, and, and kind of put some of mine into that. You know, it, it benefited us both tremendously, you know, and me having the confidence in a guy who's been there for so long at such a high level that right there single-handedly boosted my confidence you know from day one I could see it in his in the way he you know he carried himself as a professional especially on the field um at, at how at how much he really not only did he want himself to succeed but he wanted to see us all succeed so so he knew just how important and how vital his role was and when him and I met and were able to work together, I mean, we hit the ground running and, and I mean, it was awesome. I mean, we were, we were finding success at an early, early stage through mini camp, you know, between Tanner, Marquette and I, and, you know, luckily we were able to carry that into the season, but I mean, learning from a guy like that and seeing him boom the ball, which is, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but it's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that ball comes off his foot. So um, yeah, he's a monster and I'm sure he'll be right back there on Sundays and hopefully I can join him. It's kind of funny, too, because with the booming kick that he had in the XFL, the the rule changes that they put in compared to NFL maybe didn't benefit him the most. But, yeah, we'll see if he's able to, to get a spot and, and you the same. The next thing I wanted to ask you about, though, was just the general atmosphere of playing in the XFL. You guys look like you had a lot of fun. You know, you've got the Bud Light Seltzer flowing in the locker room after a win. What was that experience like just on the whole? I know it kind of ended before you hoped that it would, but – what was it like uh, being a battle hawk and, and just the experience of the style of play of the XFL? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like you just said, you know, just just the fun that was brought, you know, from the locker room to the practice field, even on game day, you know, just the the, the camaraderie that we had as a team. It was a very unique team. Um, you know, we had guys in there. I mean, it was everybody in there, you know, the brotherhood we formed within just six or seven weeks of, of being together was something I've never seen before. And you know, the whole XFL thing, it did, it made it fun, you know, and I think that's kind of what brought a lot of these guys to life is, is the ability to not just go out there and play the sports you love, but the ability to go out there and, and express yourself, you know, your personality, your individualism, your, you know, who you are as a person and, and, and to let all that be okay and to not have, you know, all this negative feedback or backlash, you know, just, just enjoy out there. I mean, every day, you know, Coach Hayes was just like, you know, put a smile on your face, like, let's have fun. And, you know, we enjoyed it. 
you know, from the from the workouts, the practices we did to to everything involved to the, some of the community service events that we were doing as a team. I mean, we just had fun with it and, and it made the game, you know, it made it that much more enjoyable. Um, you know, it, it really, really brought back to life a lot of these guys and, and every, I mean, it was a common consensus that, you know, this is just, this is just fun. Like we're not out here beating ourselves up day in and day out and, and, you know, not enjoying it. We were, we were having a blast and it was, it was a time I'll never forget. And, and you know, and like I said, that brotherhood was formed and, some great relationships, you know, in that short period of time that will, that will, you know, most likely last forever. Yeah, man, that's fantastic to hear. And another group of people that I know was enjoying themselves, maybe just as much as the players, was the fans in St. Louis. Obviously in St. Louis, losing the Rams a couple of years ago, that hit the community hard. But the way they embraced you guys in this new team with the Battlehawks, can you just explain to me what that felt like for you as a player, as part of the team? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was absolutely incredible from, uh, you know, just the, from the social media love to the going out into the community to, to one of the most memorable moments that we had as a team was, I'll never forget it, you know, that first home when we were pulling off the, uh, the interstate right there on the buses and, you know, everybody has their headphones and we're all kind of sitting in there, but then, you know, we exit and, and, and we start to see the flags, the tailgate and everybody was kind of just like, whoa you know like did like this is real like this city is for real this city is ready to embrace us just see i mean it looked like it looked like we were playing in an nfl playoff game and hundreds of thousands of fans were out there i mean i know it probably wasn't that many but that's just just the look of what the fans were, were giving us was i mean the love was unreal i mean it was it was it, again that's what made it so fun that's what made it so special for us as a team and and especially for the organization you know we wouldn't have been able to, you know, been as successful, uh, you know, without the fans, without the community. So it was, it was absolutely like, I mean, words can almost not describe how, how lucky we felt as players and, you know, as an organization to just feel that love, to feel that, you know, that sense of support, you know, from the city was, it was second to none. And, and I mean, St. Louis will forever have a piece of my heart. I, I continuously tell people that. And, I mean, I definitely look forward to getting back there one day. I mean, it was it was fun, man. It was incredible, incredible response from the community, and I look forward to seeing what they have in the future. You know, yeah, especially man, it, for the XFL, and you know, and especially for the Battlehawks. Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun to watch, certainly from the outside perspective. And to be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure at first what the XFL was going to be like, but seeing the way St. Louis embraced it, I've got no doubt that it could continue to last beyond just this first season that it had. Have you heard anything from your team or teammates about what those guys are looking forward to maybe for the next season of the league? I mean, from, you know, from the brief understanding that I have, you know, once we kind of get through all this, all this pandemic stuff and kind of, you know, everything that's going on as far as outside of sports, I mean, from what I'm being told, I mean, they're going to hit the ground running, you know, in regards to looking forward to 2021, you know, having this experience, you know, the, I mean, I know it was only a short sample size of five games, but from a league's perspective in an organization, you know, there's probably a lot they can learn from that and, you know, take that into 2021 and, and build off that, and you know, it could just be, just be better from an all around standpoint. So uh, I think the future is bright, you know, especially for the league and especially, especially for the, you know, St. Louis organization itself. Yeah. Hey, I like to hear that. I like to hear that for sure. Well, Taylor, I appreciate your time. I just want to ask before I let you go, kind of how you're planning to gear up here for a potential shot at the NFL. I know that's been your goal all along, and so I'm curious. I guess you're back out in California now, but uh, what's your training going to look like for the uh, upcoming weeks and months? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'm right back to the grind. I mean, you know, I mean, today I'll be at the gym. I'll be kicking two or three times a week. I'll be, I'll be in constant contact with my agent. You know, and and I, I you know, I, I, I know the whole NFL is kind of in a frenzy right now as far as you know, working out players, pre-draft analysis, and different guys. So we'll see what happens. And you know, I, I'll be here for, and I'll be ready for whenever that call comes. And I'm certainly looking forward to it. Well, Taylor, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate the time, and I can't wait to see you on Sundays here before you know it. All right, man. Thank you so much. And, yeah, I mean, go Battlehawks. And so there you have it from Taylor Russellino, Battlehawks kicker, the St. Louis franchise of the XFL. Really thank him for taking the time to chat with me. And if there were any technical difficulties that we experienced during there, I tried to edit out some of the glitches that did happen. Uh, We recorded the interview on Monday afternoon and had a little bit of trouble getting going with the Wi-Fi and the data for a good connection, but we're able to get it done. And I appreciate Taylor for taking the time. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. If an NFL team comes calling after his performance in the XFL, he had pretty good numbers. I think he only missed one field goal. And of course, banged home the 58 yarder that stands as the XFL record. And so if you want to follow his journey, he's Taylor Russellino on Twitter at TG Russellino. And I know in the past from following him on Twitter, even back before he was a member of the Battlehawks, does a nice job of putting himself out there and, you know, showcasing his skills with videos and the different things that he does to try to get get a look from teams. And I think his work with the XFL, he's going to have some good highlight film to show for his time in St. Louis. And once again, appreciate him for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Looking to potentially line up some future guests and interviews as B-Shape Daily rolls along here in the absence of actual sporting events so uh you know with the news that we're getting on monday it looks like i I put on twitter on sunday night i believe it was asked if you could lock it in to take baseball games starting again at the at memorial day weekend would you take it or would you take your chances with whatever might come and to me it's a no-brainer at that point to take it take it lock it in for memorial day weekend because at this at this juncture i'm kind of concerned it's going to go beyond that maybe june or even, heaven forbid, July before we actually start seeing regular season baseball games. I don't think there's any way, as I've said on the show last week, they're not going to play 162 games this season. Let's just hope there is a baseball season to talk about when it's all said and done. But I figured Taylor having him on, you know, player for the Battlehawks, was their kicker, did a nice job, is active on Twitter, and so a guy that I thought fans in St. Louis might want to hear from. I love the way the community embraced the Battlehawks. As I mentioned, I back when it you know, started up and we heard there was at the time the uh, the AAF was another startup football league and we heard the XFL was coming back and I was just like, I don't know, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but certainly what we saw from the league in St. Louis in particular in year one was, was something special and, you know, it would have been a sight to see to see them potentially open up the upper deck of the, uh, of the dome in St. Louis for a matchup against Los Angeles that would have come, I guess that would have been this coming weekend. Uh, but, of course, that is not to be as the XFL season has been canceled, as have the rest of sports as of right now. A lot of the other seasons postponed, but because the XFL was only supposed to go till around mid-April anyway, it just didn't probably make sense for them to, to try and, and squeeze something out of the rest of the season. They said up front that it would be canceled, but they have every intention of coming back in year two, as you heard from Taylor during this show, during the interview, and I think that's great to hear. Um, you know, they paid the players through the end of their, their season from what I understand. And so that's a, they're doing all the right things. They're taking all the right steps. This coronavirus thing just screwed them pretty hard as far as 
when you want to start up a new sports league and no sports at all are being played anymore, that's kind of a tough blow. But I think based on what we saw in a short sample from the XFL, hopefully it is something that returns in the spring of 2021. Probably didn't think I would be saying that a year ago at this time or even six months ago at this time, but that's certainly the way I feel now. Uh, As Taylor said, it's just fun. There's no reason not to enjoy it. Take it for what it is. It doesn't have to be quite on the the serious level of of the NFL, but it's something that the community can rally around. And in particular, where St. Louis doesn't have that, hadn't had that for the last couple of few years since the Rams left, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I I think it's something that could have staying power in St. Louis. Now we got to see if the league itself is going to have saying power, but I think it will. I think I'm, I'm definitely more optimistic and considerate of the concept than I would have been, uh, you know, as I said a few months ago, but that was Taylor Russellino. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. That's going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Once again, appreciate you guys for being along for the ride. We're going to ride this out. It's going to be a storm to be sure. I mean, if we're talking about no baseball till June, that's two months of shows without actual baseball. We're going to figure it out. We're going to do something. Uh, it may not all be sports-related. I did put the uh, cereal bracket out there on Twitter. We could talk about that for one of the shows if anybody cares. But I, I understand sports content is what it would drive me as a listener. And so if that's the way you are, too, I totally get it. But hit me up with a direct message on Twitter, at bshafer12. Let me know what kind of content you want to see going forward. And we'll try to get through this together. In the meantime, this has been another edition of B-Shape Daily, and I will talk to you tomorrow.